to Kappa Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs have won four series in a row and three of them against teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you find us and you like us, leave a rating and review so that other people can find us. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs and all-star snubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Danny is back and we are fired up to talk about some serious Cubs wins this week. How is it going, Danny? Hey, it's uh, it's going pretty well. It's a beautiful day outside. The Cubs are looking good the last couple of weeks. I can't complain uh, personally. Yeah, I can't complain personally, although I can't complain on behalf of society for something. Yeah. Um, I think you caught what I, you picked up what I was dropping down. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we would be remiss if we did not start out this show with a little bit of, I don't even know, I, I'm grieving and I'm angry and I just, I am so sick of terrible things happening in this country and what happened in Highland Park on the 4th of July was honestly gut-wrenching. And I, I'm just tired, Danny. I'm very, very tired. And I was, I'm, I'm glad the Cubs had the Cubs had a nice statement. They had a statement during the game. So did the White Sox. So did the Blackhawks. So did the Bulls. I wish this country could get beyond statements. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. No, that was really freaking horrible. Um, hit pretty close to home for me. Uh, my sister lived in Highland Park for about ten years. There were a lot of people uh, that uh, had to run that day that we knew. Um, so, yeah, it's just it, it doesn't matter if you know them or not. You know, it doesn't matter if it's um, like gang violence or stray bullets that are being shot at, at, at Oakland A's games in celebratory fire or what happened in Highland Park or Uvalde or all of it. It's just like it's just every day a different thing. And it, it beats you down and it makes you not feel safe. I mean, I don't know if I feel that safe going to Wrigley Field like I know that they got a bunch of dudes with machine guns hanging around to keep me safe but I'm like to be honest that doesn't keep me safe either and because I could get hit by one of those I don't know like there's you know there didn't used to be machine guns by Wrigley when I was a kid and we just live in a different world and it's just it sucks so um you know I'm disappointed I'm also disappointed how this is all turning out yeah, I'm also pretty disappointed. I, I've noticed the machine guns by Wrigley Field, too. And, like, I'm glad there's a police presence there and security and all that other type of stuff. And also, it would be cool if we lived in a society where we didn't need all of that because we could just live in some sort of quasi-peace. Um, but we don't have that right now. So I my, if you have friends or family in the Highland Park area or in any of the areas that have been impacted by gun violence um, in God, every day. It's like every day. We all live in in an area. Every day. Like we all, we all do. We all live in a place. No one's safe. Yeah. And it is, it is distressing and it's hard. And I'm, I'm kind, I'm very over it. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated, but you know, it's uh, 4th of July and that happened. I mean, it's uh, it's tough because uh, you look at it and you want to be patriotic. It's the country we live in that we all, uh, you know, love our. Yeah, I think I think we love the country. I, I mean, I, I definitely love living in Chicago. I'll tell you that much part of America. That's great. You know, um, you know, so and I love other Americans. I really do. I, th- I think we've done a lot of cool stuff, you know. It's it's not a given though. You got to keep working at it. It's the greatest experiment, and I feel like um, 
we're <laughs> we're not the the experiment is blowing up everybody we we have to get the fire extinguishers we put it out and figure out something else to do but um you know fourth of july you know i do feel some sort of patriotism in the fact that like baseball you know i barbecued i went to a parade myself you know uh in north side of cincinnati where my fiance nicole's from and it was really cool it was like kind of a gay pride parade mixed with um a Halloween parade, lots of great costumes and stuff. Uh, people just showing their pride for uh, North side of Cincinnati um, and just um, America, you know, and we had a big thing. Uh, we had a big chicken lunch and all sorts of stuff. So there's parts of uh, being an American and this past weekend that happened. And a lot of the pomp and circumstance that went on with baseball that I, I appreciate, but I hope that we can all just like, get introspective as well as we rah-rah our way into, into, no matter your political stripes, you know, we're all rah-rahing for ourselves and our country, but, uh, you know, we, we could do better. And I'm, I hope that baseball helps lead the way. I hope that, you know, all the different political stripes that watch baseball, like there's Cub fans that are right and left and middle and anarchists and whatever, you know, uh, and you know, that's the one place we can kind of come together. So like, you know, that's why I like doing this show with you and talk about the Cubs because, you know, you can talk about the Cubs with anybody, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter. So, uh, what their political leanings are, but, uh, but yeah, it was a tough weekend. Sorry to go on and on, but no, I just, I think, you know, baseball can lead the warranted. way. I think, I think, I think going on and on is warranted. Um, and honestly, it will continue to be warranted. And so we don't shy away from tough conversations or political issues here. And I, and, and we don't plan to, um, the, the game that we love in the American pastime happens against the backdrop of a whole bunch of other things that are American and they affect us. We are human beings. We will talk about them. Um, yeah. Baseball I'm, can lead the way too. Ba- baseball often has. So it, it definitely can. Um, I will say, uh, the Cubs are playing some pretty good baseball right now. Thank um, God. <laughs> Can you imagine I, if they suck too? Oh I'm God. a little, I'm a little surprised by this turn of turn of play. I, you know, the last, when we last spoke, the Cubs had improbably, it seemed won two series in a row, one against the Cardinals, one against the Reds. And we wondered if they would be able to keep it up against two playoff contending teams and the Red Sox and the Brewers. I'm fairly certain that's how we ended our last episode. And and I was skeptical. I'm not going to lie. I was very skeptical that that would happen. But but despite all odds, Danny, the Cubs have won two more series against two pretty good teams and didn't get blown out or look terrible at any point in time during these last six games. What is going on with this Cubs team, Danny? I mean, part the cynical part of me is like they just it's teams that are coming in and they're running into some trap games being like. Oh, we never seen this guy Samson before. <laughs> Who's he? And then they're like, "Oh, we'll roll over." And then they don't, and Samson wins. Oh, or if he doesn't win, the the team, the Cubs win. Or, uh, you know, just the Cubs in general. You look at their record; they're not very good. They've got players you've never heard of, Christopher Morrell. Nobody's ever seen this guy. So now you have uh, a situation where the Cubs are going the other way. They're playing up to their competition. And they're uh, excited. You know, you get to face, I mean, Rich Hill could basically have been most of the Cubs' father. You know, he's that old. Like, Rich Hill might have been pitching 
uh, when some of the like Christopher Morrell was bored. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like a, he's a legendary guy. He goes up there on the mound for the Red Sox. You know, you've got a situation with like the best um, yesterday with the the best pitcher, the last year's Cy Young Award winner, Corbin Burns. And you know that they're studying. Oh, I'm going to get a hit off Corbin Burns. Anything I can do to get a hit off Corbin Burns, I'm going to do because it's the way these young guys are going to prove themselves. So, I, you know, that's kind of interesting a dynamic of it. Um but somehow the the bullpen is held up and I have no idea. I, I just, I'm, I mean, somebody must have sprinkled some magic dust on them or something. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's start. We've got a lot of games to cover here. We've got six games to unpack and then we've got um, four games to preview against the Dodgers. going to be a late night weekend for all of us out here in the central time zone with those games happening on the West Coast. Game one, so I was a little bit late to Friday's game. I took Friday afternoon off of work, and I had some calls go kind of late, and I was a little bit late getting to Friday's game. Uh, the Red Sox already had a 1-0 lead by the time I was walking towards the park because Jaron Duran, who is a hotshot Red Sox rookie, uh, hit the first pitch that Adrian Sampson threw into the bushes in the batter's eye. And as I was walking towards Wrigley Field, our friend Ball Hawk Dave screamed at me from uh, Ball Hawk Corner, it's your fault, you're late. They're losing because it's your fault. <laughs> and I kind of laughed it off. Uh, you know, I went in, I watched the game, but pretty soon the Red Sox were up four to nothing because there was some walks and some sing- I thought Actually, I don't even know if it was walks. It was like single, 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 and benches cl- or bases clearing double. Like it was one of those type of innings. Oh, Jackie it re- Bradley Jr. It, with it really the- did look like Adrian Sampson was not long for that game. And improbably, the Cubs came back and I got to walk by Ball Hawk Dave and say, the winning streak lives. It was not me. <laughs> it was somebody else. Uh, but Danny, what did you see in this opener against the Red Sox? Yeah, I mean, a lot of unlikely things. <laughs> Once again, it it's like the uh, the that Jackie Bradley when that Jackie Bradley Jr. He was over twenty six when he hit that <laughs> double, and smoke. so he smoked uh, that yeah, double. And, yeah, and he smokes it, and I'm thinking the game's over. You know, I had been at the game the night before and I tied it on pretty good, to be honest. And so I was kind of laying in bed, listening to this one, uh, done with work for the day. And I thought the game was over. I go, all right, well, at least I don't have to pay attention to this stupid game as the Cubs lose, (laughs) you know? So, um, but yeah, I was really impressed that they were able to come back, but you know, the bullpen for the Red Sox kind of comes as advertised too, that you never kind of know what you're going to get. They, that, Danish guy walked in a run in this one. Um, you know, Morrell continues to play well, uh, although he had a weird series in, in with the Brewers, but he hit a two home, two run home run in this game, tied up the game. A lot of exciting young kids performing probably more than anybody expects them to, but it's very cool. And, you know, when you get the Cubs bullpen at the end of it, shutting it down and it's names are, I mean, you got Hughes, Efros, Martin, and Robertson, like Robertson's just out there every freaking day, like just proving it. And um, this was the start of it. You know, this was the start of Robertson. Robert, see, once the Cubs start winning, you need Robertson. <laughs> yeah, totally. Didn't need I him mean, before that much. The thing that was wild about this game, so I was, uh, I was there by myself, like I do, and I was listening to Pat Hughes on the radio like you do because Pat Hughes is great but uh, long about the fifth inning I I didn't want to listen to the 670 the score broadcast for the inning that Pat takes off so I decided that I was going to check in on my old friends in the Red Sox broadcast Joe Castiglione does a great job 
over there. And I, I figured I, I would listen to that for a while. So this is right about the time that the Cubs started coming back in this game. And the reason I bring this up, they were not amused that David Ross started managing this game to win. If you remember correctly, the lineup for this game was very much like, I don't know, get the rookies some work. Like everybody's on the bench getting a day off. And all of a sudden Crook started all of a sudden <laughs> the Cubs are like, Hey, wait, we might have a chance here. So like Ross is pinch hitting for Crook. He's pinch hitting for Rivas. He's bringing in all his big guns. And the Red Sox broadcast is like, Ah, what, what's he doing? He's not even going to have a bench left over there. He's got, he's got all the pinch, back-to-back pinch hitters. You know, I'm like, I was great. It was wonderful. They were, so, they were so not amused. And when the Cubs came storming all the way back, I mean, Hansel Robles is, is they are not, they are not fans of Mr. Robles over there uh, at Nesson. But it, it, I'm a fan. That was, that was outstanding stuff for the Cubs to come all the way back and win that first game from the Red Sox after being down four nothing in the second. Yeah, impressive. Surprised me. Surprised the Red Sox announcers too, apparently. Yeah, it was but, great. But yeah, the the yeah, Danish and Robles, um on the Sun Ranto show, Michael Cotton had pointed out that those were the two weak links of their bullpen. And if we happen to see them, that we we might have a chance, or it's so we're so far gone that that's why we're seeing them. And so to bring them in in a four nothing game, actually it wasn't at that point, was it? Uh, it was four nothing, and then I Rich think Hill did give up some runs. Yeah, but so Rich Hill was responsible for two or three of the runs. Yeah, Danish came so, in. Then the Red Sox got a run back. Then the Cubs got two runs on the Morel home run, I believe, and, and that Morel home yeah. run was was smoked. And I I am here for long Christopher Morel home runs. Yeah, I mean it, uh, he was supposed to just come up and go back, and he's, he's not, not going, going anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So. Did you see the note from Sarah Langs over at MLB.com uh, that there are five players co- going into yesterday? It's actually not true right now because one of these numbers is 89th percentile for Mr. Morrell, but we'll we'll just take it anyway. Going into uh, Wednesday's game against the Brewers, there were five players in MLB who were both 90th percentile in barrel rate and 90th percentile in sprint speed. And the list is literally Mike Trout, Byron Buxton, Julio Rodriguez, somebody I am blanking on and Christopher Morrell. And I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's surprising. And you know, he comes out of nowhere. I mean, they keep letting him play and and he doesn't fall off. Uh, you could be looking at some rookie of the year honors, maybe even absolutely at least in the, at least in the conversation. Well, and the Cubs also don't forget say Suzuki. Don't sleep on say Suzuki. We're coming back to him because he made an oh, appearance yeah. in He's Milwaukee. Back. So the Cubs might have a couple of rookie of the year guys, but first we got to talk through this Red Sox series on Saturday. There was a stock standard Cubs win at Wrigley field on an absolutely beautiful day at Wrigley field. Uh, this is another game. Alec Mills threw seven pitches in this game before he left with lower back tightness. And I was, I was sure it was going to be a bad day for the Cubs. And I just have to say, I've given Mark Leiter Jr. a lot of grief on this show. I have not really wanted to see him start games. I've not really wanted to see him out of the pen. Mark Leiter Jr. was absolutely fantastic. Five and one-thirds inning pitch, three hits, only one run. It was earned. He walked one guy. He struck out five. What an absolutely fantastic, fantastic win for the Cubs. Yeah, he's come through really clutch, uh, you know, in that situation, especially when he didn't know that he was going to have to pitch. Um, that's really a shame about Mills going down, though, because although I'm not particularly psyched about Alex Alec Mills being a part of this rotation, um, he's another one of those kind of long reliever types who have some value if you could piece it together. So it's like 
if you can do the one time through the order. I mean, they're running it. They want to run it like the Rays, you know, like this guy for three, this guy for three, this guy, and like almost like it's a spring training game is how they want to run it. Um, nobody's going to go too many pitches. You're not going to have that guy ex- except for maybe, you know, your, you know, Stroman when he comes back or uh, I, the, the three, four and five of this rotation is designed to be piecemeal. And, but if Alec Mills can't go out there, then, you know, and he is a talented guy, but it's a, a shame that he doesn't look like he's going to have much of a season. I don't know that anyone designed it like this. I was going to save this for probable pitchers against the Dodgers at the end. But if you look at the Roto-Wire uh, probable pitcher grid for the Cubs right now, it is as follows through the Dodgers series. Mark Leiter Jr., Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, Matt Swarmer, Adrian Sampson. That is the Cubs rotation right now. Literally no one who was projected to be in the Cubs starting rotation on opening day is healthy enough to pitch at this moment in time. Danny, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, the Dodgers really have their work cut out for them. You know, they're going to be swinging those bats pretty hard. <laughs> Just, yeah, the Dodgers better not take this gonna... one off. The Cubs will win three out of four and keep this. Well, it could happen. You know, going. you you get to that part right before the All-Star break. And, you know, everybody's been running hot. And you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and they see the Cubs coming to town. They just might relax and get split on or even have the Cubs win three or four or something for the same reason. I believe it happened probably in these last few games, except for the, you know, Cubs brewers. I feel like they're always going to play tight. There was an electricity too in the air with uh, the Red Sox Cubs, just because it didn't happen that much. It's rare. That'll now go away. The teams will all play each other, but Winkowski he certainly wasn't feeling it. They're losing pitcher. He he was oh, it's a it's a boring stock standard ballpark. Like yeah, what take what? Your stock, like take it was your a, stock standard L, Winkowski. Take our stock standard L flag back he, to Boston with you. Exactly. He was he's forever hated in Chicago. I don't know why he would say something so stupid and wrong, too. I mean, stock standard, just by definition, there's nothing stock standard about Wrigley Fields. Um, there are some ballparks I think you could say, like especially those like cookie cutter ballparks or everybody that copied Wrigley Field. Maybe that's why we're stock standard. He's like, oh, it's <laughs> looks just like Camden Yards. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> no, they copied us from like a hundred years ago. Like, yeah. and so he just doesn't know. But um, but yeah, there's a it's those cookie cutter ballparks from the eighties. Those were stock standard. They like, they like, they came from a Sears catalog, but, but stadium, um, we're looking at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bush stadium has had 50 different stadiums and they're all called the same. Like they can't even think of a new name. No, I'm kidding. I kid the Cardinals. No, I don't. Um, just but, a couple small things about this game. Cause I agree with you. The stock standard comment was just ridiculous. I talked loser. to a bunch of Boston friends who are, who are as, died in the wool Boston Red Sox fans as you can be. And they love their Red Sox and will die on the hill that Fenway is the greatest ballpark in America. And literally none of them was like, Oh yeah. Wrigley's Wrigley's stock standard. They're like, yeah, that guy, that kid's trying to garner some favor with the home crowd. And, and it just didn't play. I, there was one note from this game. Well, two actually that I want to make sure we talk about one is that at the end of the game, a bunch of fans threw cups on the warning track at the very end of the game. And I just have to hope these fans were from Boston. Cause we do not do that here. People we're not, you're not turning your cup snake into trash that people have to pick up on the warning track. And I have to believe that was not Cubs fans. Why would you throw trash on the beauty of Wrigley field after you win? Uh, drunkenness. 
uh, you know, it could have been a combination of Cubs and Red Sox fans, but I would imagine it came from right field. It was mostly right field and right center. Yeah, it was not in left field. I yeah, think Bleacher Jeff would right. have shut that down. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, that kind of thing is happening because things are out of hand. I mean, you let them make the cup snakes. They keep putting them on TV and yeah, you're going to get trash on the field. So that's just kind of the next step because you know, you, you, you're permissive with a certain kind of, kind of behavior. And then, you know, it's not like they're going to slow up at any time. They're just going to keep going, see what they can get away with. Second thing I wanted to say, Danny, your show was absolutely rocking bleacher bum band over at, uh, outpost before the outpost output. or output. I can't output. ever remember outpost output. Yeah, it was outpost. fun. Uh, it was a, a really of- fun show. Jody Davis showed up at the very end and that was outstanding. Very cool. And, uh, we played our hit F the Cardinals for him and he was rocking out to it. Oh man, that was so cool. We got a great picture with Jody. Uh, what a nice guy. And I felt bad. I had to tell him cause I was all sweaty after coming off stage and I'm like, Oh, just, you know, because we're going to take a picture. I'm like, well, don't touch me. I'm all sweaty. And he's, ah, he put his hand right on my back because, you know, Jody yeah. Davis, he, he's used to touching sweaty dudes. You know, <laughs> it it was also great to see Miguel Esparza, the Latino Hispanic voice of the Cubs over there. I mean, it was just a great crew. Danny, you always do a great job. Uh, had a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. A really good time. Um, the, the Sunday game did not go the Cubs way, but it was competitive. They were tied at the end of the game, went into 11 innings and Rowan Wick quite literally threw this game away. Like he had the last out of the 11th and picked it up and airmailed it over Rivas's head. And I just wanted to, I was a little bummed by that. Yeah. Yeah. We just got snake bit at the end there. And this was a game of futility for both teams. Uh, three uh, combined three for 34 risp runners in scoring position. And a lot of, a lot of, uh, chances got erased, uh, by double plays. Each team had two turned on them. So, um, and the, the Red Sox, this is what I thought was interesting on, in this game. Their plan was to just beat the shift and it kind of worked. They ended up with a bunch of singles. They were on base a ton and they just couldn't cash it in. So I mean, this was one of those games where you feel like it should be like 14 to 12 and it's, and it's, you know, what was a four to two final, you know, four to two. Yeah. Cause there were just so many opportunities. It was a long game, four hours and 25 minutes, even with the two extra clown ball innings with the Manfred man ball, it still was really long and a slow moving game. Um, so, but I mean, uh, Wisdom hit that home run after getting knocked on his butt. That was beautiful. That was yeah. an outstanding wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's good things to take away. I was disappointed because it really felt like actually both these series it felt like we could have swapped if things, if the ball bounces one way or another. So totally agree. Uh, let's, let's move on to that Brewers series so that we can get to our commercial break at our normal time. Um, the Cubs lost game one of this of this series, but honestly felt pretty like not terrible about it. They lost in extras five to two. They tied the game, or actually they had uh oh Seiya Suzuki hit a go-ahead inside the park home run off Josh Hader in the eighth inning. That was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh yeah. That should please every Cubs fan greatly. I mean it's one thing to hit his inside of the park home run. That's exciting no matter what. But to do it off of Josh Hader, oh, chef's kiss. 
It's it so was good. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, Nelson Velasquez had hit his first career home run. It was a second extra innings game in a row. The only thing that really blemished this uh, game and frankly, like might be the only blemish on the whole Brewer series, David Robertson finally had a game where he just could not get the save. And and you really want to get the save when you got a one run lead against the Brewers and you got it off Josh Hader. It sucks to not be able to finish that out. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it, unfortunately, we just kind of ran out of David Robertson, you know, which was not a surprise. He those Red Sox series, he he pitched in, I think, two of those games. Pretty sure he did. Um, uh, he pitched yeah. in game three as well, and he wound up doing great. But we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, I mean, so he's out there, he's workhorse, he's taking those innings at the end there and he should, I mean, but you worry cause he's what, 37, 38 years old and they're trying to showcase him for a big fat trade. And you know, it's just like, that was my sadness. I mean, I was sad the Cubs lost on the 4th of July, but I was also um, sad and he did strike out the side, you know, he gave up a walk and a hit and two hits and a run, but he did strike out the side. So there's that um, Rossi left him in there to complete the inning. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, they, you know, it goes, man, it, it's like you try to look for the good things in this game. You know, you look at the, the Suzuki coming back and being an exciting ball player, like right off the bat. Um, you know, you look at the, of Justin Steele's performance in this game, nine strikeouts, 6.2 innings, only two hits against not a great Brewers offense, but still a first place offense. And um, he held his own. And even though like, even at the end he gave up that run and people were like, why was he in there? It's like you, you're seeing Justin Steele be able to do things like go seven innings. Couldn't quite get through it because it was 6.2, but there, even though we lost, there were a lot of good takeaways from this one. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about game two, which had some yikes news early. Mr. Kyle showed up. He gave up a two-run home run off the bat. And in the third inning, after losing about a mile and a half per hour off of his pitches, which are already quite slow, uh, got a mound visit from David Ross. I, I was actually kind of stunned that they left him in this game, given where the velo was at. But they did leave him in to finish the third inning. He was pulled after that. For Matt Swarmer, who was really quite good, but uh, Kyle Hendricks is now on at least the 15-day injured list. Yeah. Yeah, it's a disappointing. Uh, I mean, the, the, I believe this is his second stint. He didn't go on the IL last time, but he missed two starts. So he, he had like a 12-game layoff uh, the other time. I don't think he was on the actual IL. Yeah. So there's something up with him and he's shown signs of greatness and shown signs of last year, which wasn't so great this year. So uh, you wonder what's going on with him. You wonder if it is physical and uh, deeply physical in this case, because we haven't heard anything. I guess he's going to go under more undergo more tests and you just hope for the best. I mean, kind of thought that he might be on the trade block, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I kind of thought so too, and I don't. I don't think they're going to trade him, particularly with these like velo issues and shoulder issues. Um, the Cubs' offense in this game, however, came back in a big way. Seiya Suzuki hit a regular home run this time; didn't have to quite sprint around the bases the same way. 
Uh, the bullpen was outstanding. And I just have to talk. Look, the Brewers have a, had, at this moment in time, a three-and-a-half game lead in the NL Central. They're down six runs against a Cubs team that is not very good and has given up six runs on way more than one occasion this year. And they have Mike Brousseau pitching in the ninth. I think that's a mistake. That Position players pitching in a six-run game when you have that slim of a lead in a division – Big yikes, Craig Council. Big yikes. What do you think about this, Danny? Well, I mean, I hate the position player pitching on the regular all the time. I mean, that's him just giving up the game. And I'm like, oh, you're telling me you don't think you can score six runs off the Chicago Cubs bullpen? The fifth worst ERA in the majors? Okay. All right, Craig. I mean, maybe he's thinking, oh, I won yesterday. I got my ace going tomorrow. I'll just take two or three and, and call it a call it a week. Um, I, you know, Madden used to do not that, but things like that, where it felt like he would like take his foot off the gas for whatever reason. I mean, it's his fifth starter. You're behind by a bit. I mean, maybe strategically it makes some sense, but it's, it's, it's not baseball. I mean, it's not major league baseball. No, it's it's not even, it's not even uh, T ball. Because you would never even, that's not even how you play it in T-ball. Yeah. You know, you just it's have a slaughter rule and go home. If you want to have a slaughter rule, it's have slaughter rules. It's certainly not Major League Baseball. Joe Sheehan, who writes a pretty incredible newsletter, if you don't subscribe to it, you should give it a look. Uh, Joe Sheehan said yesterday or today something on Twitter about how he wants somebody to run stats that pull out all the position player innings this season because there are yeah. so many of them. He thinks it's inflating offensive numbers, and I think he's probably right about that. Just given the number of runs that some guys are giving up, like how many runs has Frank Schwindel given up this year? Quite a few. Like how many runs have has Albert Pujols or Yadier Molina given up this year? I mean, that is inflating offensive numbers that are already pretty bleak. Yeah, no, and that's and yeah, it absolutely is. And I'm I that might be baked into some of those stats, like um, you know, leverage situations, um, but. Yeah, who's gonna go deep into that? No, yeah, I think I think they don't count. Like, oh, you you hit, you broke Barry Bonds' uh, record uh, for home runs or something like that. You know, uh, are you kidding me? I'm, you know, you or you break you break uh, Mark McGuire's record uh, because you face position pl- players all year. <laughs> you know, well, or even you. Babe Ruth's or Maris or get even 50, 60 home runs. If somebody does that this year. I want to know how many they hit off of a, a, a left fielder. I hate to break it to you. There are a couple of guys on pace for 50 home runs, and one of them is Kyle Schwarber. So great job, Jed. Really happy that you let Kyle Schwarber go for absolutely nothing. That was a brilliant move. I'm glad you saved Tom Ricketts $1.5 million. Speaking of money, uh, we are up against a commercial break. We are going to take that really quickly, but then we are going to talk about the final game of this Brewers series, which I had the pleasure to be at. It was outstanding, but first a quick word from our sponsors. And we are back. Uh, as I mentioned, I had the good fortune of being able to take a afternoon off and head up to Milwaukee to watch the Cubs in the series finale. And I'm so glad I did. Um, shout out to Steve Pollock, who is a Brewer season ticket holder who has incredible seats right by the Cubs dugout that he uh, gifted me for that game. And I, yeah, I got to head up there with friend of the show, Janice Gurrio, who does outstanding White Sox coverage over at Southside Sox and a great job covering the sky at uh, CHGO. 
and we went and watched the Brewers play and it was, it was pretty, the Brewers play the Cubs. It was pretty incredible. Um, I just have to say, I did not think this team had it in them when Corbin Burns was dealing and struck out 10 and you know, like Alfonso Rivas got some good looks off Burns, but that was about it. Everybody else looked absolutely terrible against Corbin Burns. He looked every bit the NL Cy Young winner that he is. And then the second Burns was out of the game, the Cubs come back. Say Suzuki might be the most clutch baseball player I've ever seen. I want him up with runners in scoring position all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That was, this was a lot of fun. This is the third time that Corbin Burns, he hasn't taken the loss, but the third time that the Brewers have lost when he pitched while the Cubs played him. So we're playing him tough. And the fact that like Adrian Sampson could go toe to toe with them too, was a lot of fun. And is there anything better? Uh, because yeah, Burns, like he was, he didn't give up any runs at all, but, but he did strike out 10 Cubs and had his just looking foolish. But w- there, when Josh Hader comes into this game and loses it yet once again, I mean, oh man, does that so satisfying? I mean, is there anybody more satisfying to beat than Josh Hader? I mean, nobody. it's just amazing. There's nobody. <laughs> there really isn't because he's the best. And that's the thing with Burns. Corbin Burns is like, he's the best too. You won the Cy Young. So you're trying to scratch out anything you can. They only get three hits and a walk off of nothing. Boxberger's a great uh, pitcher too, but they managed to get to him, but they had already seen him. He's the one that blew that uh, save um, in the first place. So, uh, you know, this team comes from behind again. They did it a couple times this week. They did get, did it against the Red Sox. Uh, They did it here uh, yesterday. And uh, Christopher Morell, like those, once again, those are the, those moments are not too big for him. A tight game. Remember, remember how we used to complain about Chris Bryant? Not being clutch. Not being clutch. And if you look at his numbers, he's pretty much like the same all the time, except for like, you know, very slivers when you put stuff out and uh, like when you parse it out. But then there were guys if I don't know if you believe in clutch or not, but if then there were guys like Aramis Ramirez, who the moment was never too big for him. In fact, he thrived on it. And his clutch numbers are so much better than his career numbers. It's ridiculous. Because he he lived for it. He something about it zoned him in. I feel like there's something to that with Christopher Morrell. And uh, you know, and possibly say a Suzuki too. That they're able to relax when the moment is big and do their work and just do what needs to be done in that moment where um, some players, they just, they tend to not be able to do that. And so to win a game like this, it's it, with guys that you're going to be around for a while. Now that's fun. That gives me hope for the future. Yeah. Super fun. One thing I want to say about Christopher Morrell, and I agree with everything that you said, I have, I have nothing to, I yes, retweet all of that. He really could have had a two home run game here. He just missed uh, one home run that was a triple and then another one that was a long, long fly out that definitely would have been out of most parts. So keep an eye on Christopher Morrell. He is swinging a hot hot bat right now. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some all-star snubs. The final balloting is going on. The only Cub on that final ballot is Wilson Contreras. You should absolutely vote for him. He should be the catcher, even though he's currently resting a hamstring. Uh, I think that in looking at this, there are a handful of guys who really, really got snubbed here. Uh, Xander Bogarts, who we saw this weekend at Wrigley Field, is 
one of the top two shortstops in the AL, and he is not even on the ballot because Bo Bichette and his 756 op- OPS are on the ballot instead. And like, really, really, Toronto, like, I get it, Canada, you love your Blue Jays, but Xander Bogart should absolutely be on that ballot ahead of Bo Bichette. And I, I'm just cranky about it. Also, the Cardinals really messed this one up. So the Cardinals put Tommy Edmond on the shortstop ballot instead of the second base ballot because they got greedy and they thought Nolan Gorman at second and Tommy Edmond at short meant they might get two guys out of this. And instead they got none because Tommy Edmond and his MLB leading war in both B war and F war at second base is not on either finalist ballot because he got beat out by Jazz Chisholm and, or sorry, by Trey Turner and uh, Dansby Swanson at shortstop. And Nolan Gorman didn't even come close to sniffing the ballot at second base. So you played yourself, Cardinals. You played yourself. Uh, Finally, nice to see it not work out for them. The the all-star game is ridiculous. I'm not a fan. I I actually take that week kind of off. I have fun watching the home run derby because it's kind of goofy and it doesn't take too long. And it's fun to see them having fun. The game itself is, I mean, it's an exhibition game. It's they don't play it right. You get to see the guys. I mean, I think it's funny that that's what like Crane Kenny is hanging over at all the season ticket holders heads. Oh, don't give up your tickets now. We're going to be good. We'll spend in a couple of years when the time is right. Just keep coming. Oh, and we're going to get the all-star game. You're going to want to see that one game when see your favorite players that you could see any other game of 162 games for one inning. You get to see them. I'm like, in a game that doesn't matter, mind you, you you need to see this. You need to be there. Like, I don't know. The Midsummer Classic is, I don't know. It's a, it, even when I was a kid, I didn't care. I'm like, well, what does this have to do with the Cubs? Nothing. So I, I didn't watch. Well, the one thing that these snubs do have to do with the Cubs, Ian Happ was absolutely robbed. Adam Duvall has WRC plus of like 78 in the first half of the season. And Ian Happ is raking. And it is embarrassing that Ian Happ is not on this final ballot. So I hope Ian Happ gets a nod because he's deserved, he's earned it. He deserves it. The one other thing I want to ask you about with the all-star game, Danny, and I know you just told us that you don't really care about it, but I do think, oh, you might but care I'll about still give this. my opinion. Uh, <laughs> apparently in the new CBA, there is a, there is an addendum <laughs> where Rob Manfred can assign a legend MVP to each of the all-star teams. And, and Cardinals fans are all very excited that they think Albert Pujols is just going to get grandfathered into this game. And by grandfathered, and I mean that literally because he might, in fact, be a grandfather. I am wondering (laughs) what you think of the idea that we're just going to like now it's not just an all-star game. It's also an all-star game plus like your favorite old timers. Don't they already have an old timers game? Can't he play in like the old timer softball game against Ryan Sandberg or something? It's, It's called every game the Cardinals play. Um, is an old timers game, especially when Wainwright's pitching. Um, but the, you know, it's just makes more of a mockery of a stupid game that I didn't care about. <laughs> like, I think it's hilarious. And I also think it's, it, it's ridiculous, obviously. And it, and they probably did this just so you can get like a guy like Pujols to come and take his one at bat and get the, you know, tip his hat to everybody and just how it's going to be. But, but they, who knows? Maybe it's not him. Maybe they'll, do something like with a, a former Dodger or something because it's a Dodger stadium. I don't know, but is it just one player? Or is it one per team? One per team. And the the supposition is that it's like for Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, but I guess theoretically, like if Kershaw didn't make the team, for example, you would think that Kershaw gets that over 
Albert, right? Or like, here's the here's the other thing that bugs me about this. And look, Cardinals fans, I get it. Y'all want to see Albert Pujols play in another All Star game? Miguel Cabrera has eleven All Star games. Albert Pujols has ten. Do they really need another one? Like, do we really need to see them out of their prime in the All Star game for hashtag reasons? I don't think we do. Like, they already are going to the Hall of Fame. Let's just celebrate them at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're trying to turn it in. I mean, if they want to turn it into a more of an exhibition game, you know, maybe it will be more enjoyable. Hey, maybe they'll have position players pitching. Maybe it'll be tied and we'll get the runner on second and all the world can see how stupid it is. You know, like Manfred ball, just call it the Manfred game. Yeah, um, the man, the Manfred classic is what they'll call it. Manfred classic. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's going to be a game that everybody wants to see. And um, speaking of games that people may not or may not want to see, uh, the Cubs are headed out to L.A. to play four games against the Dodgers. These are the probable pitcher matchups for these games. I'm not making this up. I, I did not make up any of these names. Mark Leiter Jr. and Keegan Thompson are going for the Cubs. After that, it is two guys to be determined. Uh, the, the rumor is that it's going to be Justin Steele and then Matt Swarmer. The Dodgers will counter... With Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, Clayton Kershaw, and Julio Urias, i.e. a real rotation. Danny, I am terrified. This looks real bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't look great. Um, Dodgers kicked our butts at Wrigley. It wasn't even close. 20-3, to three, they outscored us. And, yeah, it's good. They got their work. And the Cubs never play well at Dodger Stadium. Just never do. I've seen them lose there many times. And... <laughs> And I don't have a lot of hope for this weekend, but I didn't have any hope for all these other <laughs> series either. So uh, my plan personally is to enjoy these games while painting my living room slash uh, fiance's office. And uh, I'm going to have these games late night. You know, you got three nine o'clock starts. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get the wall painted. Well, the game's on <laughs> like, that's all I could say. Like, it'll be nice to have the game on late night doing something homey. Yeah. I think, that, the- I think that the series win streak might, might end in LA. I, I just really doesn't seem that great for the Cubs looking at these matchups, but who knows baseball got a baseball. It can, it can do weird things. And it could be the thing again, trap team. You got, they're looking at these guys. Who the hell are they? I don't know. Cub fans don't. We don't even know. I don't even know if David Ross knows. Sometimes, like, who's back there? You know. And um, so we'll we'll see. Maybe the Dodgers don't know. They overlook us. Like, who are they playing next? Like, maybe they've already got like their sights set somewhere else. You mean who are the Dodgers playing next? God, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. One second. What you uh, don't know that off the top of your head? <laughs> no, I no. I, oh, they're playing the Cardinals next. They go from it's Cubs to Cardinals. Yeah, I doubt they're looking past us to the Cardinals, but you know they could very well be looking past us a little bit. Um, I think yeah. a lot of teams are, and and it's tough. Like, remember when the Cubs would face, even when we had like our big boppers, the twenty sixteen dudes. And um, they would face a guy they had never seen before, some rookie from the Reds, and he'd carve us up all day, <laughs> you know. And that was just—I don't know if it's true or not—but it seemed like whenever we faced somebody we had never seen before, we did not do well. It just felt that way. I think maybe this would be a similar a similar situation. You got a bunch of veterans; they're full of themselves. They see some kid coming out there, like Keegan Thompson or something, and they might, you know. 
Not Keenan Thompson tr- has been excellent against the Los Angeles Dodgers, hey, to be clear. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with everything that our guys are doing. I'm saying that the Dodgers might not prepare quite as well for these games as they would uh, like the Cubs did maybe against uh, Corbin Burns. Yeah, let's Not hope that, that the Dodgers helped them. <laughs> let's hope that the Dodgers take this series off and, and it comes back to bite them. They have some pretty hot hitters who are not likely to take this series off. Their catcher, Will Smith, has a WRC plus of 150 since June 1st. Gavin Lux has a WRC plus of 148 since June 1st. Trey Turner is at 143. Freddie Freeman is at 139. Uh it's a pretty Oh, and Justin Turner is at 116. I was like, Turner, Turner. I already did t- Turner, but I, I didn't put the original initials in. Um, that's a that's a pretty potent core of the lineup. Danny, how do you think they're going to do against the Cubs? Well, I know that this year, at least, Will Smith has become a slap hitter. Get it? Will Smith slap hitter. You with me? From the Oscars, <laughs> yes. Um, it took me a second. It, it, no, I, it's, I was like, it's, bam slap? Bam yeah. slap? No, no, there's a lot of slapping going on this year in the world. Um, no, I mean they've got a, a heck of an audio, of an offense. Like you know, when you're when you're sporting four qualified players uh, with OPSs over 800, you have a potent offense. <laughs> they're t- they're I think number two or three OPS as a team in the league. They're t- they top almost everything. But I have a very strange stat to give you that I brought up on the Sunranto show last night. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. The Cubs have more hits than the Dodgers. <laughs> Can right? <laughs> I, mean, I, I have a very quizzical look on my face as I'm trying to process this information. So you mean like the Chicago Cubs, the team we cheer for, that is yeah. not particularly good. The Chicago Cubs have 694 hits and the Dodgers have 692 hits. So yes, we have more triples, but they have 20 more home runs. (laughs) And uh, I mean, we only have four more triples, but we got more singles. We got singles for days. They got, they got like, uh, I'm looking at right now, 12 more doubles. We got more hits. I think so that whole run thing s- is where the is where the whole like issue is, Danny. Like the Dodgers are capable of bringing all the runs in at once, and and we're less so. Oh yeah, they've scored four hundred and five runs, and we've scored three hundred fifty nine. Yeah, in case you were ever wondering why home runs are so much better than singles, I mean this is this is the answer right here. <laughs> at least we're not the Tigers. They've scored two hundred fifty nine. <laughs> That's a big yikes. Uh, speaking of hot hitters on the Cubs, though, let's talk about who has been hot lately. Ian Happ has a WRC plus of 152 since June 1st. Wilson Contreras is at 145 in that same time period. So is PJ Higgins, by the way. Do not sleep on PJ Higgins. He has been really good at the plate lately. Rafael Ortega has a WRC plus since June 1st of 138. Christopher Morrell back in our good graces at 122 and Patrick Wisdom at 115. It's kind of wild to me looking at these numbers that the Cubs have been almost as good at run creation as the Dodgers head to head over that time period, but that's sort of what this looks like. Yeah. I mean, I think it's surprising everybody. I'm, I, I kind of joked a little bit that if the Cubs had managed to, let's say sweep the Brewers, I mean, you're kind of looking at a situation where the division's not out of question just because the division's not very good. You know, I don't know how, who faces who and how it all looks from a, you know, a gambling standpoint or odd standpoint, but, um, you know, the team's playing. They're 
they're well over their skis at this point. <laughs> and so if they can take three or four from the Dodgers, I mean, their skis will have fallen off and they're just skiing with boots now, you know. I don't know how long it, it's going to last for, but, you know, I'm just going to root for it because it's all we got. And there's some fun guys on this team. I love the Sayas back. I love Christopher Morrell. He's a spark plug and a lot of fun to watch. And um, I don't know. It's like meet the, the new guard is different kind of breed. And, they, you know, they want it. That's just it. It's like they want to win. They're trying to prove themselves out there. Like, you know, you know how Keston Hira, like, basically face-planted into a fence yesterday? I saw that. It was, it was kind yeah. of wild. Yeah. And then he hit a home run. Well, the, the thing is, Keston Hira, my friend who's a Brewers fan, Eric Wheelow, a very funny comedian, he told me, he goes, yeah, Hura is, is on the bubble with this team. There's other guys that are going to get the job before him. He's playing for his life here. And so, yeah, he's going to run into a fence and he's going to do everything he can all days to the confused to knock one out of the park and show that he's still here to play. So, um, you know, I think you, you see that with all these guys. This is like an extended spring training where we're getting a look. We're getting a good look, too, against some good teams. And they're not they're not they're not screwing up. It's it's going pretty well. You know, I would considered. love nothing more than to see one solid month where the everyday lineup included Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras, Christopher Morrell, Seiya Suzuki, Patrick Wisdom. I think that is a pretty solid core of five dudes who I want to see as the core of the lineup every single day and throw Raphael Ortega in there anytime there's a righty on the mound. Like, I think that is that's impressive. I'm interested in it. I want to know what happens if you just run that lineup out there and see what happens. And I wonder if Wilson can get that hamstring healthy enough. If this Cubs team can't put on a little bit of an offensive show right before the trade deadline and at least make Jed Hoyer's job uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the best case scenario that anybody gave them was 500 this year. And that's what they've been doing lately. So, and well, actually two or three. Yeah, I was going to say the last last four series is definitely a six sixty seven. Well, yeah, I mean, all they got to do is win series is from here on out, and they're going to the playoffs. <laughs> well, and they're also real close to being on pace for sixty nine wins. If the Cubs do come close to sixty nine wins, you know we will be talking about it here because that is a nice season, even if it's not a playoff winning season. Danny, if the Cubs look like they're going to close in on sixty nine wins, where can people find you to talk about it? Well, I'll be on the Sun Ranto show just pretty much all the time at Sun Ranto on Twitter, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. Follow me. Awesome. Uh, after you check out the Sun Ranto show, make sure that you are following the podcast at Cup of Cubby Blue, where we are tweeting out every single episode and all of the things we talk about here. You should also follow me. I am at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find all of my baseball takes there. The Cubs are going to be playing in LA. It's going to be some late nights tonight and tomorrow. These game times start at 9, 10 central time people. So, you know, make your coffee, take a nap, do whatever you need to do to see them through. Uh, Danny and I will be up for them. We will be hanging out on Twitter, chatting about all the things. Come help me paint. <laughs> Not you, Danny, anybody. <laughs> uh, come help Danny paint while, while these games are going on. We'll do the whole apartment. We'll have so many people. Uh, if we go to help Danny Pate, you'll hear about that here on the show too. <laughs> Until next time. Bye.